Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. Welcome to your Life's Work Podcast. How are you doing? Good to see you. It is sunny and like 80 in Southern California in the last couple weeks. We've had this weird, again, Santa Ana that blows in the hot, and it's just really nice. I hope it is pleasant wherever you are. Appreciate all of you. Greetings to all of you from the East Coast and the Midwest and all of my good uh, friends out here in Southern, Southern California on the West Coast. How are you? What's happening? Uh, I'm your official official. If you want to know more about me, jrman.com, J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com. Uh, I'm a spiritual director, coach, mentor, chief people officer. What's that? What is a chief people officer? What are you saying? What, what is that weird thing? Google it. Uh, today we're going to be talking about, um, I'm going to do uh, next couple weeks, maybe even three weeks, um, a breakdown of what I taught at a workshop that we did a couple weeks ago called Don't Stay Stuck. We title all of the workshops breaks and this was break one don't stay stuck and it's it's real simple man it's like hey we all face a stuck moment or two in our lives Uh, whether that's personally with relationships maybe it's just you individually maybe it's you and one-on-one with some other people or a group or or a community of some kind maybe it's uh, your professional uh, you know world that you're stuck in I want to move here I want a new job there I don't like working with that guy there's a jerk at work over here maybe it's uh, a relationship that's left you either through death or through you know a divorce or a breakup or something like that maybe maybe it's you wanting to be a better parent maybe it's you wanting to be a better son or daughter I don't, I don't know, but we all have those stuck moments. Basically, uh, uh, being stuck is anchored in three places. So the big three places where we anchor ourselves in stuckness, unable to move forward, are fear, resentment, and shame. Fear, resentment, and shame. And what's funny about fear, resentment, and shame is most human beings on this lovely little ball, uh, Earth, planet, uh, that we hang out in, most don't want to admit that we have fear, resentment, or shame. For some reason, these heavy, heavy emotions that really do ripple through our lives, some heavier than most, we're like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I have no fear. I fear no one. And we hear that a lot. I mean, that's, that's a, a general term that we hear. Resentment is a very subtle yet powerful emotion that most of us just don't get. We just we really don't understand not only the definition of resentment, but what, in fact, it's doing. Um, you know, to our relationships, an individual. Sorry about that. I got something in my throat. And then shame is something that man we just don't want to talk about. And shame usually, you know, sits inside of things that we've done, said, or thought. And and you know, again, the last thing we want to do is admit shame over things that we've done, said, or think. So these three emotions are heavily laden with big, fat, iron links to them that keep us chained usually to ourselves. Uh, But they can chain to other things too, like addictions or communities or processes or rules. So uh, we're going to be talking about those three things over the next three weeks. Uh, basically, um, it's the workshop on podcast. So yay. Uh, if you're looking for an, another workshop, we are doing a break two. Uh, I'll have more information on break two coming up on the website, coming up on the Insta, coming up on the Facebook. We will be Zooming. Uh, if, you, if you don't know Zoom, download Zoom on your smartphone, uh, because I think what we're going to do is on break two uh, for the next workshop is we're going to Zoom it. 
and we're going to figure out, uh, you know, how to do it and have a good time. It will be paper play, so we'll have to decide how much we're going to charge for it, blah, 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 blah. Um, but uh, do be looking for break two because we're going to have a good time. Okay, let's, let's, let's get this done. So today we're going to be talking about fear. Uh, don't stay stuck. Remember, three things that keep us anchored down, fear, resentment, and shame. And I also think that there are three things that move us forward. Three things that move us forward. Here are the three things that move us forward. One is, number one is voice. And with voice, I mean the admission of what's happening in your life or the, and the belief of what's happening in your life and the true self understanding of who you are in your life. So voice, number one is the voice. Community is number two. Community is number two on how to move forward. And in your community, there's got to be a faith. There has to be love, how you receive it, how you give it. In your community, there has to be some accountability. In other words, you're not just walking alone, man. Like you are able to like talk and, and have communication with, you know, n- not just yourself. It's not just you. It's uh, you and somebody else, whether that's an intimate relationship that's very close to you, whether that's a counselor, or a spiritual shrink, uh, you know, a, a pastor, a boss, whatever. You, you have to have some accountability. And then there's restitution inside of the community too. Number three is presence. Presence and presence. You got to have courage. Like there's the, there's the, Understanding that there's courage in the present when it comes to moving forward. Uh, there's the idea of action in presence. In other words, you're doing something to move forward. A lot of us miss that one, man. I cannot tell you how many times I talk to people that are looking for new jobs and a new career or a new way uh, of life, and they just don't do they don't do nothing. I mean, they're, they're like, yeah, I, I applied for nine jobs on the internet, and that's just that's not moving forward. That's not action. That's the internet. You need to get off your ass and get out there. That's action. There's a personal inventory um, that runs alongside presence. And that personal inventory is like you really considering uh, who you are, like taking a look in the mirror and understanding what you're doing and what you're thinking and who you're doing it with. And then there's the body part of presence, like really understanding that body is just not something that we're going to, you know, abs and ripped and muscles and tan and, and, uh, you know, like if you're, if you're Kim Kardashian, her Instagram is nothing but like this, you know, massive collections of oily, naked pictures of herself. So it's n- body is not oily, naked pictures of yourselves for the, at the end of the day. Body is really, truly about your presence, about what's happening around you. And you need to consider your body. So today we're going to be talking about fear. We're going to be talking about fear and how that keeps you stuck uh, and as I talk about fear, we're going to be talking about those three things, voice, community, and presence, uh, and how those things can move you forward from fear. First off, what is fear? So fear is a noun, and let's get, we'll get right to the definition. I'm a big definition guy, like what's the word, what is it? And uh, we, we have to understand the, the, the definitions. We have to put skin on fear to really understand it. Here's Webster. Webster says, it, fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by a belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause you pain or is a threat, right? So that, that's pretty easy. Like you hear those things and you're like, yeah, that's fear. Here are some other words that are associated with it that are just not good words. Like you don't want to be any of these words. Like these words, I feel bad for them because, <laughs> because they're just crazy words. So here are some other words that we associate with fear. Terror, fright, fearfulness, horror, <laughs> alarm, panic, agitation trepidation, dread, and distress, and distress. (laughs) So right off the bat, between the definition and the words associated with this emotion, 
with this uh, essence or energy that can run through us, others, and community. It's just not, it doesn't sound good. But what I want everybody to concentrate on is, is just because you are or have fear, just because you are fearful or you have it at some location in you, at whatever circumstance, at whatever relationship, at whatever professional level you have it, it doesn't make you bad. It doesn't make you bad. We've been taught for so long that we shouldn't have fear. We've been taught for so long to be fearless. We've been talking, like, you know, I remember one time I saw some award show and somebody, you know, won an award and said, this is because I'm fearless. And I want to go, well, it's bullshit. You're actually walking through the fear. And just by the admission that you're fearless would mean that you wouldn't even acknowledge it. Anyways, that's my point, right? My point is, is that well, somehow we put a big, huge red mark on fear. And if we feel it, don't tell anybody, don't say you have it, ignore it, um, and just keep and try to keep moving. But the problem is fear is paralyzing at the end of the day. That's all there is to it. Um, and we have to acknowledge that in some way that we have it. And I get it. There's some badass tough guy out there or some tough organization out there. We don't have any fear. But, you know, at the end of the day, I hate to tell you, you're a human being, you got it. We're going to talk about how to walk through it. We're going to talk about how to have it healthily. How, how's that? Um, there is a science to fear. Like, there's scientist guys that have actually, like, you know, gone to college and, like, you know, got degrees and, and, and done studies with people and, and, uh, and, like, written things about it, right? You can read whole books about fear if you want. Go for it. That's happy. Um, but they say, there are, they say there are two innate human fears. Like, we're born into the world. This is the scientist. This is the scientist. There are two kind of innate born fears in us. One is the fear of falling. The other one is loud sounds. So when I read this, you know, in the scientists and, and, and as I was studying fear and, and it really, like, it, it makes sense. Like, you know, somebody scares the crap out of you and it's like, it's a loud sound and you drop to the ground. Like, yeah, man, like you're kind of, you're not, you're not in control of that emotion. So in my house, for example, if you come stay with us, which you should, uh, at nighttime, you'll see, uh, <laughs> you'll see a lot of us plotting to scare somebody around the corner or hiding in the closets and jumping out at the last minute. And we do a lot of that around here and it's very fun, but you can understand that fear is in you and and I'm, I'm, I'm sure somebody will wind up in the psychiatrist's office one day and talking about how my brothers and sisters and my dad, they used to scare the crap out of me. <laughs> but anyways, you can understand that. The fear of falling, I get. I get. I don't know if you get. Uh, you know, you can, oh, I went skydiving. I'm not afraid of nothing. But, you know, I'm sure there was an associated fear of getting in a plane and jumping out of a plane. Um, so those are kind of two innate fears. Scientists also say all other fear... Uh, is learned or natural fears. And what is a learned fear or a natural fear? Like it's things like snakes, spiders, the dark, you know, that that type of understanding. And I'm and we all get that. My wife hates the big, huge beetles. I, I forget what cartoon it was, but the big, huge flying beetle and whatever Disney movie that was that had the goofy voice. Well, we have those here in California. And honest to God, they're like, they're huge. They're like, they can be like half a fist big. <laughs> and when they fly, they make noise like helicopters. And my wife, man, I mean, these are gentle bugs. They don't bite you. They don't inject you with a venom. They don't, uh, you know, burn your house down or anything like that. But when my wife sees them or hears them or they're even within, they're even within like 10 feet, she is like on a chair running through the thing and screaming and yelling and it's just, it's very funny, actually. So it's, it's super funny. But, you know, that's kind of a learned fear or a, or a natural fear. Um, 
as you know, if you're in faith, you know, you know, if if you have a faith, if you're if you're leaning in, you know, to any you know value of faith at all, we learn that there are two distinct pathways when it comes to fear. One is the expression of awe and wonder of God. And that's, you know, roughly, uh, you know, if, if you read through the Bible and you see this fear of God, right? And a lot of times we hear the fear of God as though there's a trembling nature, like God's walking down the street and we freak out and we run into the bushes or run behind a building and, and you know, we're just terrified. But this, this, this fear, the, 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 these two things that we're going to talk about in faith real quickly are the sense of awe and wonder of the presence of who he is, how he loves us. Uh, and what happens inside of us is we have our own chase and leaning toward God. The other is the is is this fear that can become our essence. That fear literally becomes the fabric of your existence. And in the Bible, they call that the spirit of fear. So I want everybody to get like you know when we when we talk about you know faith on one side of the fence that you know this 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 fear of God is really an awe and wonder of who and what He is and how He does His business. And the other side of the the other side of that stick is how uh, we can literally be riddled and have an essence of fear and have seasons of like absolute fear that is like how we're living our lives. And I want you to think back on a season of your life or a time in your life where perhaps you made a bunch of decisions based on fear, whether they're relationships, professional, or just personal things. Or like, you know, like peer pressure. Peer pressure is fear. That's an essence, right? It's like if you don't smoke, you're not cool and you fear not being cool. And peer pressure runs through our lives. So, you know, you can you can literally launch into a community. And I've you know, I was used to work in television and broadcast television news and and every environment that I worked in with was aggressive at some level. And at some level if you weren't as equally aggressive, you know, you had the essence of fear running through you that you needed that, you know, in order to survive. So so again, in in faith world, it's like you're in awe and you're in wonder. Um, or you have this like complete essence of what's happening with you. And, and frankly, we don't want the essence of fear, the fabric of that, our existence to be the fabric of, of fear. So we don't want that. Um, when it comes to being stuck, fear is the number one offender. When it comes to being stuck, fear is your number one offender. It keeps us isolated from the life we want and desire. So you, you have to have this as an understanding, that fear will kick your ass at every turn. And I want you to have a, an awareness about that today, a consciousness walking away from this podcast that says, all right, man, fear is that one big offender that really keeps me isolated and away from my wants and desires. So right now, what is your want? What is your desire? What is your want? What is your desire? And is fear playing a part in that? And if that is true, and if it does, and we'll talk about the practicality of it, fear unites the desperate parts of your own false self or the personas that you build. Fear unites the desperate parts of, your, of those personas that you've developed. So we all have persona, man. That's just how it is. It's, it's, it's how we want to be seen. It's how we want to be valued, what our worth is. And we put these personas out there. For years and years and years and years, you know, my persona was funny guy. 
Maybe it's funny drunk guy. Maybe it's guy who likes to party funny guy. A TV funny drunk guy. So, you know, for years and years and years, I built this persona. And at the end of the day, all that was desperation to be liked and loved and wanted. And it all generated from fear. It all generated from fear of not being liked and loved and wanted. Fear keeps our personas very active. And for me, it kept my persona super active. If I could just have people like me because I was funny, because I was TV guy, maybe I was funny drunk TV guy, it would. But the opposite happened. You know, I got a rep that I was a, I got a rep that I was a, a, a drunk TV funny guy that wasn't very serious. And although I was good at what I did in television, the persona overrode a lot of the talent that I had that God had given me. So that wasn't a great thing. So we build fear personas, and I want you to understand that. So in your want and your desire, where is your persona, and is the fear chasing it hard? And, and from there, we allow false self-development. That's all there is to it. And again, so for years as I was in the television business, I just built out a false self-development. That's all there is to it. And when I finally came to terms with it and made a turn in my life, and really started to lean heavily on my faith and really started to lean heavily on true self, who, who, who J.R. John Mann really was, a lot of people looked at it and went, what the hell is that? What are you doing there? And you're this idiot. You're not that idiot. <laughs> you're not that guy. So you, you got to understand, man, that you're dragging that stuff in and you're building personas off of fear. We must accept fear as a part of us, an emotion we are born with given to help us navigate life because at the end of the day, we don't touch the burner or the, 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 the car rambling down the street at 100 miles an hour out of control. We step out of the way. Like, there's, like fear is a defense mechanism that will defend us at certain levels of health and at certain levels of common sense. So again, all fear is not bad. All fear is not bad. Sometimes you'll meet a person and you'll be walking down the street and you'll be afraid of that person. And because you don't know what's going to happen as that person approaches you and you cross the street, right? So that might be a good thing. Of course, it could be racism too, but it could be a good thing. So I want you to understand that that fear is a part of you. You were born with fear and we have to learn to navigate fear healthily. We have to learn to navigate fear with a common sense attached to it. It is a helpful survival mechanism that we must maintain. Fear must be maintained. Fear is not necessarily bad like we talked about. I want you to allow fear to help you see what's next. And I've said this a lot, and I think a lot of people sometimes are like, wait, what, what? Fear can help us see what is next. In other words, sometimes you want and desire something and immediately you get fear and you kind of stop yourself and you lean back and you go, oh, I can't because I suck or oh, I can't because that guy's better than me. I struggle with that. I struggle with this like hardcore, like that guy's better than me, so just don't do it. There's one guy I listen to that's very helpful, um, you know, as, as a teacher, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's a, he's a good, he's a good East Coast rabbi, frankly. And, you know, he's like, yo, you know, just because that guy's doing it, you know, you know, perhaps, you know, perhaps you can do it better, you know, or perhaps you have something else to say on top of it. Like, you know, there's, there's all this understanding that, that, that what is next is really sitting inside of your fear. So again, if I'm struggling with wanting to do X, but I see my fears as I can't because I suck or because I don't have the proper thing attached to it. I don't have the right degree. I wasn't born in the right place. I don't look that way. I don't sound like that. I don't have the, 
right mojo, the right intelligence level, the right study. Um, I'm too short. I'm red-haired. I'm left-handed. Like, all that stuff comes creeping in for my wants and need to be loved. What's really doing is fear is actually helping me point to do it. Hey, hey, dude, just do that. So when you pay attention to fear, you can pay attention to it to the point where you know where the arrow is going. And so I don't just want you to feel the fear and go, don't go. I want you to fear, uh, feel the fear and go where to go. Should I step forward? A good friend of mine always says, don't make any decisions based on fear. Like if fear's driving the car on the decision, like really sit back and understand that fear is driving it. And it's not, it's not true self. And that's not true self. The other day I had a very huge decision to make and I realized a huge decision, like life changing kind of decision. Like, like some guy was offering me a, a big, huge thing. And I realized that through the course of understanding what was happening, that fear was actually making the decision. Like if I didn't take his offer, I would be screwed. That was, it was fear, like staring me right in the face. Dude, this is fear, right? Hey, JR, if you don't do that, you're screwed. And so I recognized it and I understood. And where fear was pointing me was away from actually taking, taking the offer that the guy gave me. So I was really, really, really happy to understand that, that I should go the other way. Fear was literally telling me to take it. <laughs> so, you know, again, in that scenario of my life, I'm glad I made, I, I'm glad I made that decision. Develop fear awareness. I want you to have your awareness. Like, what you know, like, is the fear a healthy fear? Should I jump out of the way of the car coming at me? Does that guy walking toward me on the dark street look like he's going to kill me? Um, fear awareness. Is this relationship I'm getting into, um, you know, does it have all these elements of fear because I'm just wanting to be liked, loved, and needed? Um, where and where does that fear develop? How does that fear develop? When during my day does that? My wife said to me this morning, gosh, I'm feeling a little anxiety today. I'm not really sure where it's coming from. I'm feeling a little fear today. I'm not really sure where it's coming from. So then we had a quick conversation about our lives and what's happening around us. And, you know, obviously, like, you know, just like everybody else, there's money concern, relationship concerns, faith concerns. There's, um, you know, your own personal journey concerns. So develop the awareness of fear. And when you feel it, say something. At the end of the day, fear is not yours to keep. Common spiritual sense and healthy perspectives must rule fear. Fear is not yours to keep. It's not something that you sit on. It's not something that you create your essence with. It's not something that you make a fear jacket and, and just wear it all the time. Common spiritual sense says you need healthy perspectives. And that healthy perspectives, that spiritual common sense must rule the fear. The fear is going to be there, but you need to have it. So what's the practicality in the next, in the next uh, 7 to 10 minutes here? The practicality to kind of like making sure that you are you are in some kind of reprieve or good spiritual conditioning with fear or common sense with fear or healthy perspective fear are those three things that I talked about earlier in the podcast. Podcast, <laughs> voice, community, and faith. So we'll talk about it. So fear with your voice. You have to develop a, fo- a voice of admission. In other words, you're telling people or you're acknowledging what the 
fear is. Just like I gave you that scenario. Like I had this massive fear that if I didn't take this guy's offer, I would be doomed. Uh, and that's just not true. Like, you know, it, in this scenario with this decision that I had to make, it just wasn't real. The fear, it was the fear that was driving it. But I had to admit it. I had to go, I had to go, well, I, I'm super scared that if I don't take this, that my life is going to flush down in the toilet. And I had to be able to literally give that voice. And I had to be able to say it out loud and say it out loud to the people that are around me intimately in my little community of accountability, uh, my community of little spiritual crazies. Uh, and I did. And I admitted it. And it made all the difference in the world in that process of fear. Now, the offer was great for the record. It was fantastic. And I would have could have enjoyed the crap out of it, I'm sure, to the end of my day. Or at least for a season. But it wasn't the right one to make as I admitted it and truly understood what was driving the bus. Belief. Belief. So, you know, you've heard me say this a lot. You know, your beliefs must change throughout the course of your life, through the course of whatever season you're in. Your beliefs must change. That's how it goes. Uh, if you stick to the same damn belief as when you were seven years old, you still believe in Santa Claus, right? That, that's kind of the example there. So your beliefs will, and I'm encouraging you to make sure they do change. Bit of coffee there. Thanks. Um, in the understanding and belief of fear, I just want you to know a couple things. One, fear is not yours to keep. And B, that fear can point you in the way to go. So admission, get the fear out and understand that fear isn't necessarily or believe that the fear isn't the fabric of your life. The identity of true self in, in voice. We're still talking about voice. We're still talking about having a voice. So it's admission. It's the belief in the admission. It's the being able to, to voice out, hey, look, this, the fear is not mine to keep. I'm going to walk through this. I'm going to walk through this. I'm going to have success on the other side of the fear. And in voice, it's the identity of true self. I want you to start really talking about who you are with fear. So as you're admitting your fears, I want you to describe the person that you are with the fear, right? So for me, again, using my TV drunk fun guy, funny guy. It's like, I wish I would have had this practicality back then. I wish I could have slowed myself down long enough to talk through the identity, what the fear was making. A good friend in front of me and I would say, yeah, well, you know, the reason that I like to party so hard and the reason that I like to make everybody laugh and the reason why when I'm drunk, it's easier to under, it's because of the fear. And then in that way, you start to really truly see true self and, and I'm telling you right now, man, that's like crazy amounts of freedom for you. So that little, those three little things inside a voice are huge. So let's move into community. So that's voice. So give fear a voice. Admission, belief, and the identity of true self. Number two is community. This is the practicality to take care of this field. Community, community, community. So in community, there's faith, love, and accountability. Faith, right? Like I encourage everybody into your faith, whether it's the faith that you grew up with or whether it's the faith that you're curious about or whether it's a faith that just says um, you can, you, you can live without, you can live without faith, uh, you can live without fear. Like I encourage people to lean into faith because what faith does is it gives you hope for the things that you're believing. It gives you hope for the things that you are believing. I am believing that faith is not or that fear is not going to kick my ass. I am believing and having faith that as I walk into this next decision or this next season of my 
life, that I will conquer the fear problem. It's going to be with me, but I'm going to conquer it. Love. You got to be able to receive love and you got to be able to give love when it comes to fear. And what I'm talking about is this is, is real, real easy. So as you fear, a lot of times we shut down and I'm asking you to really place love on top of that. And that means that you are surrounded by people in your community that are able to give voice for you, to you, through you. So love, open yourself up, make sure you're connecting with people. And accountability is huge. So it's like, it's, it's just like I talked about that story with this guy offering me something huge. I had to tell people. And so there, must have, there had to be an accountability at that point, which is what the offer was, what it was going to do for me, why I, was, why I was thinking about taking it, and ultimately um, what I was going to say to these guys and, and making a right decision. And then in that accountability, there were two, three people that were in my circle as I was making the decision that I was saying the same sentences to and listening very intently to what they were saying, but making sure that I was circling back on everything that I was thinking and feeling. And that's community, good people. Make sure you have that. And the third thing in the practicality of fear is presence, is presence. And this might be the most difficult thing that we do every single day, which is to stay present, not stay in yesterday or looking forward to tomorrow. And fear will do that and kick our ass hardcore. Fear will always keep us in in the past, and fear will always kick us to tomorrow. It has a hard time stabilizing with what is now. So in presence, I want you to have a courage. And again, the courage is to admit it. The courage is to talk about it. The courage is to be able to continue to walk forward even though you are afraid. So with with this guy that was offering me this big thing, it's like I had to have the courage at some level to know it might not be the right thing. And believe me, man, when I'm telling you this guy was offering me the world, uh, he was offering me the world. And I had to have the courage to at least think to myself, this may not be right. This may not be what I'm really supposed to be doing. So that was difficult, and that was hard. And ultimately, the courage for me had to be the ability to say, no, thank you. And that was even more tremendously difficult. But that had to do with courage, but it had to do with me being present in the fear long enough to acknowledge the fear, acknowledge that the fear was driving the bus, and I can't do it, and I needed courage to step through it. Action. What is the action? What, what are you doing to help slow down, eliminate, take away, be bigger than fear? What are you physically doing? mentally doing? What is your body doing? What is your spirit doing? What is your mind doing to take you off of that? Because here's the deal. If you're afraid and you go drink it away, it comes back. If you're afraid and you go watch TV for seven hours, at seven hours, one minute, the fear will be right there standing next to you. So that's not necessarily doing something. So doing something in this case, presence, now, right this second, I am afraid, is like picking up the damn phone and telling somebody you're afraid. That's action. Or it's like, hey, let's go to X, Y, and Z and talk about this. Uh, Let's go grab a cup of coffee and talk about that. Well, you know, whatever it is. But action means you are going to be in the fear, talking about it, moving through it. It could be, this is, you know, when I was in my late, mid to late 20s, I moved away from where I grew up to take a job. And I was married to Diane at the time. And I got to tell you something, I was scared out of my mind new city, several states away, 
uh, had these guys that I was going to go work with were like great. And I, I, you know, I was, I was scared out of my mind and the action was simply lean into the fear, walk directly into it while talking, having accountability, having courage, having presence, having the presence. And it worked out and it worked out fantastically. So fantastically that some of those friends uh, that I met back then are, are still very dear and close to me today. And I had a, a, a truly wonderful experience. The last little um, uh, thing inside of presence is inventory. Inventory. Again, this is the practicality of walking away from it. So inventory. This is a personal inventory. This is you understanding where you fear, when you fear, who you fear with, um, and what it's doing to you. And if you get really good at this, you can hone yourself down to every single day at portions of your day, whether it's in the morning, whether it's in the afternoon when you get a little respite you know, from your job, or whether it's when you come home at night or wherever it is, you can, you can sit back real quickly, doesn't take a million hours, and just think, hey, where were the fear fears today? What happened as a result of my fear today? Were there, self, were there false personas built? Did I run away from something? Did I piss somebody off as a result about it? Was I overly aggressive because of it? Did I lie because of it? Did I, am I in such great need to be loved, cared for, wanted, and needed that I did X, Y, and Z because of the fear? That inventory, that self-guided inward look needs to be honed, needs to be thought about it, it needs to be very intentional in the presence, in the presence of what's happening in your life. So again, it's not, it shouldn't be a pain in the ass. Personal inventory shouldn't be a pain in the ass. It should really be that identity of what you're up to, what's going on between your ears or in your heart or the movement of your body and really help understand that. Now, with personal inventory also comes a bit of admission too. So just make sure if you are acknowledging a personal inventory um, in your head or your mind, your spirit, make sure that somebody else is getting it too. All right, we're 33 minutes into this bad boy. Next week, I'm going to do resentment, uh, how not to be stuck. Don't stay stuck. And we're going to be talking about resentment and obviously the practicality of how to take care of resentment. And again, I'll preface it or preview it or promo it by saying resentment is something that's real subtle, man. Resentment is super, super subtle. And a lot of us don't even think we have it. But uh, I think by the time we get done with next week's podcast, you're going to go, oh, wow. Holy crap. I've been carrying around resentment for a long time. Hey, if you need me, it's jrman.com, J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com. I do individual sessions with people. I do group sessions. Uh, If you're a business and uh, you've got employees and, and you are looking to make your culture better, improve the understanding of what a leader is, help your leaders be better leaders, identify leaders, hire better people, keep people, I'm your guy. Call me. Uh, the number's on the website, everywhere at jrman.com. Love you, good people. We will talk to you next week. See you, bye. Bye.